Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer in Wellington, New Zealand. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our journeys. So how was the um, how was the journey? Uh, the journey was... Um, long journey was long. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I, I can't even actually add it up now. I, I think we were travelling for probably about 34, 36 hours. Yeah, because um, I, I managed to... F- Kind of through process of elimination, I saw um, a new Air New Zealand flight leaving San Francisco, and it was the only one that was leaving San Francisco, so I figured it must be you. Um, yeah. And I think by the time it touched down, because I've got that um, flight scanner app, by the time yep. it touched down, I think it was like 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. our time here. And what time did okay. you take off? Yeah. At 1.30? Yeah, and we landed... Um, Auckland time about twenty past five, um, yeah, which would have be right. been about twenty past. 6, that would then. be, yeah, exactly. And then you had um, another flight, so you'd already gone yep. from there to San Francisco, San Francisco to Auckland. Yeah, we had like a sort of a a three twenty um, kind of smaller plane um, from Auckland to Wellington. Was that like an hour? Uh, yeah, yeah, somewhere like that. Um, I don't know, that that bit sort of felt just like taking a bus down the road. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to wait yeah, around for that, the plane, though? Uh, we did a little bit, um, but maybe, I, I don't know, it, that's all blurred as well, because we had to get the bags, um, the checked bags from the international airport, um, sling everything on the uh, trolleys, um, and then me and Tabby had to push the trolleys while the kids sort of followed in, in tow um, from the international terminal, about 10, 15 minutes walk around to the domestic terminal. And then we had a bit of a wait. So the whole journey was sort of punctuated with kind of transporting our bags from one bit to another as well. We had to do that in San Francisco um, because we changed from Virgin Atlantic to Air New Zealand. Um, and even though that was a five hour um gap between the two that that sort of soon disappeared yeah um so we we didn't see anything of um of sfo really at all i'd I'd sort of got plans to try and find the aviation museum or something like that and by the time we'd actually got our bags queued and waited because the air new zealand check-in didn't have people on for a while um you know it was really time to just sort of settle in and, and get some food and wait for the next flight so it's a very very long journey um we were all really quite tired um as you'd expect managed to sleep a lot on the um that was going to be my next question how did you yeah. get on with sleeping on the plane um san francisco to um auckland we all managed to sleep because that was um it was night time all the way across the pacific um my my youngest child he'd um sort of declared war on sleep on the first uh, flight over um <laughs> sweary one uh <laughs> he can be um <laughs> no he, that's that's my eight year old he um he decided um he was not going to sleep at all on the first flight and then he he kind of was sort of zombified by the time we were in San Francisco. Um, I had to wake him back up as we got on onto the next plane. 
Um, and he sort of slept walk through, um, through all of the security checks and everything, which was really awkward. Um, so then by the time we were on the next flight on the flight from San Francisco to Auckland, he slept a solid nine hours. Did he? Um, Fair yeah, play. which was great. That's good. Yeah. Cause that, that was good for us. That meant he wasn't sort of interrupting us and getting us up for things. Um, so I think I managed a solid, solid five hours and then probably another two in fragments. Um, That's pretty good. So that, that, yeah. Um, so we actually managed once, once we got off the plane um, in Wellington and we, we were greeted by some friends, which was wicked. They, they had a banner. Um, and sort of well, welcomed us off uh, out of the airport. Um, they they helped us get sorted out, and um, we we got settled into our Airbnb. Um, I went out with them and and did like a sort of basic food shop, um, which was a really good idea because about an hour or two after that, the jet lag really really hit, and by five o'clock in the afternoon, we were all comatose and in bed um and then the next day we were able to we, we got up about i don't know i think we were up about half six seven o'clock in the morning maybe um i'm not sure it's sort of half light um but having a load of food in and being basically sorted it meant that we could have a roughly normal day on sunday um and i think if it hadn't been for sort of jet lag colds as it were and and, and lurgy sort of kicking in um, we'd have probably reset quite well. Um, but we've sort of been a bit on, on and off again with sort of like our sleeping patterns over the last few days. It's a big adjustment, isn't so, it? That time zone. Yeah. That is a big time zone jump. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking now at, it's quarter past seven in the morning, my time. And it's what, it must be about quarter past eight, your time. Yep. Yeah. But you're, so, you're in tomorrow. My tomorrow. Yep. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> it really is weird. Yeah, it's it's awesome though that we're um we're getting as as good a latency with Skype as we are. Yeah, it's basically non-existent, right? I I can barely tell. Yeah, it's it's not much different to to my connection back home. <laughs> it's interesting how you refer to it as back home. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to take already. some used to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to refer to uh, to the UK yet because, give another sort of six months, another year, and Wellington will be home. Yeah, you know, there's bits of it already starting to feel that that way. Um, it's actually really quite odd um, because we were here last November as visitors, um, and I think we, we were here for a week. Um, then we went down to Christchurch Way. Um, and then we came back up here for another couple of days or so. Um, and I think even, even then we were kind of visualizing, you know, what would it be like to live here? And of course now we're doing it and, and walking around yesterday in Wellington, um, it kind of felt like we'd, we'd not really been away that long. It sort of felt like, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd just nip back to the UK to sort a few things out. Uh, and you know, it mildly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boxing up an entire house. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we've just had this sort of you know random seven month detour, and now now we're back. Um, that's quite nice. That sort of feeling of being able to 
to look around and see that this is going to be home, you know, and, and going kind of settling into to what the city has. So, um, so you're a little bit out of the city at the moment with the Airbnb? We are at the moment, yeah. Um, it's all all relative. Um, I mean, we're, we may be 15 minutes outside of rush hour sort of drive into the city, um, which for me, you know, being back back in Leicester in the UK, that, that wouldn't feel like being very far out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of seems a little bit more like here that, that there's, there's actually quite a lot of people sort of crammed into the suburbs in between. Um, and I don't know, um, sort of speaking to, to a few people yesterday in Wellington, um, and there's a lot of people kind of walk into work or they're on really, really short commutes. Um, so, and it varies. I mean, people do live sort of around the bay and other places, um, that, you know, are like 45 minutes or an hour's train journey in or whatever. There's all of that sort of commuting as well. Um, but we're probably about as far out here as I would really want to be. Um, just in terms of one of the benefits I wanted to have sort of from coming over um, was potentially having that short commute. Um, I mean, relative again to, to back home, the commuting time seemed really short. Um, the rush hour seems virtually non-existent, even though people complain about it. Um, we were, we were sort of stuck in it yesterday and yeah, again, compared to back in Leicester, it felt like nothing really. Um, I'm trying not to underplay it. I sort of wonder whether, you know, I've just not really caught it on the, on the worst day yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, am I going to be kind of cursing it out in six months time when it sort of happened to me a few times in a row or whatever? Um, you know, that's that sort of trying not to see it through rose tinted glasses too much. Um, but yeah, relative to, to, to where I'm from, um, commuting feels short. So is that your plan to kind of drive into your, your new job every day, that kind of thing? Uh, potentially take the bus, because okay. um, the, the public transport here is pretty good. Um, so we, we took the bus um, from the city over to the airport to pick up our hire car. Um, and yeah, dead simple, dead clean. Um, you know, again, compared to back home, a bit of an upgrade. Um so I could I could stand to do that. That'd be cool. Um, I suppose when, if you got a car, then you take it into the city. You then have to park the car. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I don't. Th- I think that would uh, mount up in costs quite a bit as well. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't it? Wow. Um, it's weird that you're there. So yeah, I can't, I can't believe you're there. <laughs> Finally, after all this, uh, this sort of planning and preparation and everything else. Yeah, well, like the very first Skype call we had, kind of pre-podcast, this was like the first mm. thing that we spoke about was you wanting to move to New Zealand, having just returned, and here you are, yep. <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. It's just a case of um, plugging away, chipping away, and, and kind of aiming at that target. Yeah, you know. Um, I don't think it's, there's bits of me sort of wondering whether it's really fully hit yet. Um, you know, like obviously every day I get up and I'm, I'm here and I look around, it's in winter at the moment, um, which 
again, it's that's an adjustment because we, I think it, we're just we're what about five or six weeks away from spring, so it's perhaps not as deep winter as as it could be. Um, you know, the days are actually starting to slowly get get longer again at the moment. Um, but everything sort of still seems relatively green, relatively alive out there. Um, yeah, that picture you yeah. sent me looked really nice. Yeah, uh, and so when the sun comes out, okay, it's cold. You know, it's still it's still cold because it is still winter. Um, but the sun comes out, and to my mind, it sort of feels much more like sort of I don't know March time back in the UK, sort of spring. You know, definitely on its way, kind of thing. Um, so it's certainly not a straight sort of subtract six months and assume it's like the UK. Um, so yeah, again, try not to see it sort of two roast tinted glasses. I know the weather can be absolutely awful here when it wants to be. Um, we've been, we've been treated to some good days over the last week. Um, that's, that's been really awesome. It's not quite felt, you know, fully depths of winter sort of thing to me. Um, so yeah, typical Brits, typical English person here, you know, talking about the weather. <laughs> say, well, it's supposed to be summer here and it looks like the depths of winter. So uh, <laughs> I don't think you've, yeah. sure you've got it much better than us, even though you're actually in winter. So oh, give us, give us an, another couple of months. Um, we'll be coming into um, spring, summer. Um, so be yeah, a barbecue on Christmas Day, will it? That's the plan. Um, <laughs> That's cool. I joked about it, and uh, and the kids have latched onto the idea. Yeah, it's happening. So, it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> has has to happen. Um, apparently, I have to try and make pigs in blankets on skewers um, yeah, and put them in the barbecue. Yeah, um, I think uh, if I use full size sausages and make gigantic ones, that'll probably work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's all good. Hmm. So I've got um, I've got on the show notes here working environments. Yes, potentially an interesting one with obviously both what's going on for myself, but probably more in particular you. Now you've moved to New Zealand, um, and how that might affect things. Yeah, because um, correct me if I'm wrong. When you're back in Leicester, you kind of had a workroom, right? Yeah, I did. Um, so kind of part of the part of the deal, if you like, um, of sort of setting up shop um, independently last year um, was that I sort of took the spare bedroom properly over, turned it into a proper workroom. Um, and it had been that way for a while. Um, I had, you know, my former corporate career, I was able to work from home at sort of every Friday. Um, so I had a desk already and I had the room already, but it was also kind of full of boxes. <laughs> so that, that room became a dedicated workroom properly sort of, um, it's one of the first things I did going indie was, was clear out and, and set up. Um, so I've lost that now. Um, you know, I mean, I, I may, I may regain that, um, to some degree when we're, um, properly renting. So at the moment we're, we're between houses. We're in an Airbnb. Um, we're going to find a proper rental here. And 
it's absolutely possible that that will only be a two-bed place, and in which case I, I automatically lose a workroom. Um, from my current point of view, um, I'm about to enter salaried work properly. You know, my full-time work is going to be in the office in the city. Um, so I don't particularly need to have that sort of dedicated space in the same way. Um, but I'm still going to hack away on my, my indie projects, you know, in my free time. Um, we're still recording this podcast. Um, so I'm going to have to find somewhere where I can kind of get some work done. Um, and at the moment, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, Kitchen table. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm, we're in the Airbnb at the moment. Um, that's quite big and there's, there's a spare bedroom. Um, so I'm, I'm currently perched up against a bedside cabinet to record this episode. Um, I've got my laptop on top of the, on top of the, the unit. Um, and I've got my microphone on its little stand. Um, and I'm actually sat on the floor to sort of make sure I'm at the right height for the microphone. <laughs> oh, that's commitment. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think I'm just, I'm going to have to just be flexible. Um, <clears throat> obviously if we can get somewhere that affords me the, the extra room, um, then I'll probably have a workroom up until my two boys sort of have to have separate bedrooms, um, which is that's a way away yet. Um, I've got an eye on sort of maybe we could get a place that's got a garage or somewhere that I can sort of also co-opt. Um, oh, yeah, that's an idea. Yeah. There's something so, cool about working in a garage because when I was um, going through college, I was really struggling with an, an assignment and I remember I just up sticks, got on my laptop and went in the garage and I just felt my productivity go up so much and I can't put my finger on why it was, but it, it just felt so cool working in the garage. Mm, so I, fully it's, um, that. I fully endorse that move. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on what's in the garage. Um, but you know, your, your change there was probably a case of getting out from, from your room that was full of distractions. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Just typically the garage is always been associated with doing stuff for me. Yep. It's kind of the place you go if you need to get a battery drill to go and fix something and then the, the problem is fixed or if you need yep. to get a piece of wood to turn it into something else and then, I don't know, it just, it just kind of links in my mind with sort of progress. So I think right. maybe sort of going out there, maybe maybe kind of got that feeling a bit as well. It's that sort of um, Tony Stark's workshop kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. In it, yeah. Suppose, <laughs> <kind of way. laughs> in terms of work environments, Dave, I'm wondering actually because um, your work environments kind of shifted over the last sort of six months, the last year. Um, I guess as your your son has gotten older, um, and um, you know you've you've moved into this sort of phase of life of as being um, sort of full time dad. Um, as well, so it's a, it's a sort of being a kind of impact on your your working environment as you've had him around um, that that bit more. Uh, sort of, yeah. So I suppose pre two weeks ago, for the six months leading up to two weeks ago, 
I was doing yep. more and more on my MacBook. Right. Um, and that's purely because my iMac is in the room right next to where he sleeps. And I've been told I'm quite a loud typer. <laughs> uh, and and the the walls aren't particularly well insulated upstairs so if i start thumping away at a keyboard um he does tend to wake up a bit so i tend to perch on sort of the breakfast bar or like on the sofa just with my macbook um and that's kind of that's okay i mean i've i've been spoiled with the imac is the bottom line um yeah before the imac which was only two and a half years ago i was full-time 15 inch macbook pro um, right not necessarily connected to a monitor i would just work on it sort of eight hours a day on a desk um yeah i would often get terrible neck pain um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now it's um summer holidays so that means my wife's at home because she's a teacher so she's got six weeks off which means that she's now kind of taking over looking after Charlie, which means I'm now free to go and work sort of all week. Right. Sort of Monday to Friday, nine to five, which is really cool. Um, And there's maybe some more to talk about there in a little bit. Um, But in terms of how it is working from home, I've kind of got the upstairs office and I can kind of just go there, shut the door and sort of there's an understanding that if I'm in the room and the door's shut, I'm not I'm not home. Yep. And you're in the office. I think it's fair to say yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it's the equivalent of me having left the house to go to another place of business to go to work. And for the most part it's worked really well. The things where I'm struggling is that they're right beneath me. And again, similar to the walls, the ceilings aren't that good at stopping noise either. So yep. I can hear them playing and having fun. And part of me just really wants to be like, well, it is kind of quarter past 11 and I would maybe have a coffee at quarter past 11. So if I go downstairs and make the coffee, I can also hang around for 10 or 15 minutes as well. And then yep. that turns into longer than that. So <laughs> I, I, str- I struggle a little bit there. It's kind of temptation, I suppose. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, um, I can also hear when Charlie has a tantrum or when he cries or if he yep. falls over and hurts himself. And my kind of instinct is to down tools and sort of run downstairs and help. Yep. Um, really, there's no need for me to do that because, you know, Heather's all over it. She know, you know, she can handle it. That's fine. But it's yep. really quite hard to hear that going on and just sit there and kind of ignore it Um, yeah because you're you're not in the driving seat sort of with the parenting at that moment yeah you're you're in the work seat um but yeah no i've i've had similar instances in the past um certainly sort of a few years ago when i first started working from home um on fridays in my my sort of former corporate job um and you know diving in because you're there sort of thing that that can be quite difficult to um to stop doing mm. um but uh there's an element of you know like like you say you, you're not really needed um in 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 that way at that moment um 
or rather if you were you would probably be called you know <laughs> uh, i think from my own experience there um so yeah it can just be a little bit difficult kind of sitting on your hands um in in that moment um i'm afraid to say i think that's probably why i sort of put the headphones on you know listen to music um if, if things sort of seem a little bit like that uh yeah that's, uh, that's kind of been one of my coping strategies as well that i've developed in the last yeah. few days um i've actually resubscribed to apple music right um, which <laughs> i kind of like again I, I came away from it being like yeah i won't miss it but i kind of did um yep so i thought as i've kind of got this six weeks where i'm you know i can just work the nine to five um should probably get some music so yeah i, I chucked chucked a tenor at apple music and thought it's probably going to be worth it um whether i keep it on after that i'm not sure i will um but it is good uh, i just wish it had a standalone app yeah yeah but that's 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 the beauty of the subscription isn't it you can you know start and stop as per how you want to have it as well yeah and it was really nice um, actually to restart the subscription and have it all come back with all my favorite music like it, it made yeah. some playlist like your favorites. I was like, oh, cool, click, and then all my music started playing that I like. So that that was nice. Yeah, um, I find it helps me work. Um, I can sometimes listen to podcasts while I work, but it depends on what I'm doing. Um, yeah, there's certain tasks where I could just really do without podcasts, um, and maybe just music's better or nothing in some cases. Yeah, um, but- I'm I'm very similar. I have to sort of switch you know to to either nothing or specific types of music um just to sort of get in in the right flow for certain types of programming yeah um and then yeah like you say other times a, a podcast is perfectly fine yeah i think if if i kind of if i've done the thinking and i kind of know what i'm doing and i'm just sort of implementing my thoughts that have already been thought about um i can get away with podcasts but if yep. I, if I'm really kind of scratching my head on a problem, I don't I don't need that noise. I used to listen to podcasts a lot more actually while I was kind of in my office job because it's mm. kind of like a busy bustling office, and even if I wasn't particularly listening to the podcast, it would kind of drown out the office. Yep, um, which is kind of weird now I think about it. But um, yeah, I'm the podcasts are backing up. Put it that way. <laughs> so I need, to, I need to find some <laughs> podcast listening time in my life. Um. But I suppose longer term, it'd be quite nice to get an office away from the house. That's kind of kind of a bit a bit of a goal of mine. I think that's that's probably where this is going to lead. Yeah. Um, just because I think it's nice to have a place where I can go that is definitely for work, and I still feel conflicted yep. even in my office because like I've got loads of games consoles and stuff everywhere that's kind of like shiny and nice. Um, that yep. kind of distracts me. So I, th- I think, I think getting an office, maybe like some co-working space or something, would be cool because then it kind of feels like I've gone to work and I'm interacting with people. Um, yeah, because it can get quite lonely. Yeah, so I think yeah, that'd be really the appeal of co-working space. Certainly, um, I think you need to pick um, pick wisely with that sort of space um, because, yeah, from my, my own experience as a, a free co-working space um back in leicester that's really useful really really valuable to have um 
but what I did find was that on certain days um, that they, they have like meetup groups um, that sort of descend on the place and it wasn't always as productive as it could be on those days, um, kind of depending on who was there and who you were sat near. Um, so I would definitely recommend if there are several options for co-working space um, and you can kind of you know try one or try the other. Um, you know, definitely find where you're most productive and the sort of right mix of people. Um, but um, no, there's, there's there's a lot to be said, I think, for sort of having the office outside of the home as well, having a space where you can go, um, even if it's not every day. Um, you know, I'm sort of thinking if you run a, um, a three days out, two days in the home office kind of pattern, you know, that, that might be productive enough to have the differences of both um, and, you know, the benefits of both as well and to be able to sort of switch modes. Yeah. If nothing else, it'd be really nice to have a place to hold client meetings because yep. I'm not comfortable really with holding them here at home. I don't think that, not because I don't want people at my house, that's that's cool, they can come around, but I just don't think it sends the right message. Yep. Um, yep. And then, you know, Likewise, in the back of a coffee shop as well, um, there's probably a limit to sort of those sort of meetings. Um, and then it, otherwise, if you've not got that sort of meeting room space to invite them into, um, then you're always doing those meetings at the client's office as well. Um, and there's there's probably something um, in the psychology of... of um, kind of home feel home field advantage yes you know if, if yeah. it's that sort of okay you, you go to their office they're on home turf and you're entering into any sort of negotiation um i think you know there's, there's an element there that they do have the sort of psychological upper hand um and then vice versa i mean you know, it's not about seeing your clients um in a sort of combative kind of way you know um i'm just thinking you know quite literally about the natural psychology and interactions um having somewhere that is yours that you can invite the client into um demonstrates your professional capacity as well kind of put on a bit of a um, show yep yeah yep absolutely um i think that's something that um swipe and tap back in leicester did quite well um i I quite like seeing um they have um a couple of sofas set up and a tv screen that's hooked up to um a chromecast and an apple tv um and it's just to the side it's in the main office with everybody else um but it provides somewhere where the client can come in they can sit down and be comfortable um and sort of do walkthroughs of of the apps and systems being developed but equally, just behind them, they can kind of see everybody all set up, see the desks that people are working at. Um, and I think that that probably goes quite a long way for sort of those clients um, kind of feeling welcomed, but also feeling reassured in terms of the work they see going on as well. Yeah, there's a level of like authenticity that you can see the people at work. Yeah. Which I think is quite yep. nice. And see sort of you know project boards and um sprint sort of um you know post it set up and all that sort of thing as well um 
yeah, and it, it does sort of all add up to sort of giving giving that really good impression. Um, I think for your um, your sort of business here, which is you know, it's web development, isn't it? And it's it's web development for businesses. Yep. Um, I think there is that element of of those clients are really going to appreciate that kind of um, that one on one somewhere to come and see you. Um, so even if it is you're in a co-working space and that co-working space has meeting rooms um, and that is where you invite them to, um, I think that's still going to give um, a pretty good sort of all-round impression when they first come and see you. Yeah, I'm just kind of paranoid that I've got this image of sort of working out of my back bedroom. Yep. Um, and it makes me uncomfortable. I, I always feel defensive about that. Even if it's not mentioned, I always feel like I'm ready with my... Well, not excuses, but you know, like reasons and my 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 story to kind of justify. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of encouraging meetings at the client's place or coffee shops. That's kind of my my strategy right now. <laughs> um, but it's early days. Uh, you know, I'm trying to fill up the pipe with with leads, and it's filling slowly. You know, it's yeah. Kind, of, kind of a trickle. Because um, obviously not all leads turn into actual work and those that do can take a little while to turn into a, you know, can take a while to turn into an actual invoice. Um, yes. You, know, you can exchange emails for days and days and days and, you know, exchanging pleasantries and then the client can be like, eh, maybe not and just walk away and, you know, you, you've lost out. Yep. Which is kind of why I'm, you know, I think it's really important to have quite a, if you were to look at your sort of prospects, if you were to list them all out, it's almost good in a way I feel to almost feel terrified of them all turning into into work because if they did, <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't be able to cope but based on the yeah. percentage that generally do turn into actual work then i think yeah that's probably a good thing um so yeah that's all good on that front um there was there was one annoyance where a client got in touch and asked if i could go down for a meeting um, and this is before the summer holidays when I was kind of still on full-time dad duty. And yeah. I, they said, oh, could you come down tomorrow at two? And I was like, uh, I really can't. And um, they're like, okay, what about like the next day? And I was like, oh, I really can't do that day either. Because <laughs> basically <laughs> um, I, I pretty much didn't have any kind of childcare options. And in the end, I just had to come clean with them about my situation. Um, suffice to say, yep. I, I never heard from them again. So, <laughs> right, yeah, win some, you lose some. I think. Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one um, because you know, not 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 every client is going to be put off. I, I guess, for want of a better phrase, by by, by knowing about your situation. But um, I think I remember we talked about it at the time. Oh, yeah, um, I was stressing out big time, wasn't I? <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and it was kind of tying that line between the image that you wanted to present um, whilst also sort of being honest and giving the client kind of the freedom to um, make their mind up about how they dealt with you. Um, and yeah, I think that was, was probably quite a difficult line to draw at that time. Yeah, I think it was the right thing to do looking back on it because I think had I had I kind of managed to sort of pull the wool over their eyes and then sort of money started changing hands and then all of a sudden I'm in a position where I can't deliver 
something for them. Yep. And they're like, well, why can't you? And I'm like, uh, because I'm looking after a child. And then they're like, well, you didn't tell us about that. I think that yep. then becomes awkward. It's, um, it's also about setting expectations, I guess, in terms of um, they were clearly expecting you to be on their hours and to be on sort of specific um, kind of business hours, which you're not in, in that situation. You know, you're, you're working in evenings and other, other sort of portions of the day that they're not. Um, so, you know, you, you, your, your overlap time, if you like, is not really there. Um, and I think even, even if you were nine to five and in an office, you know, and you're, you're in that phase of sort of, of setup, um, you're still going to have some clients where you need to put your foot down, um, and dictate, okay, this, these are the hours that we are able to meet. These are the hours that we are able to kind of do these things on. Um, because you may have two or three clients, you might have a, a whole pipeline that you're, you're juggling that is completely your you know, responsibility to sort of switch between one and the other. Um, and just because they want to meet at one o'clock tomorrow doesn't mean you can necessarily make that meeting. Um, so I think you'll always have an element of, of some clients are going to expect you to be at a sort of certain beck and call. Um, and you need to kind of field that and, and balance that off as well. Um, obviously, that's, you know, times 10 when, when you're sort of juggling work around full-time parenting. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's perhaps one to keep an eye on in the future as well, is that even when you feel like you've got all day, every day to sort of focus on, on doing the work, um, you know, you, you will have times where you need to bounce people into certain time slots that are on your terms. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be careful about responding to emails because just before we started, I had an email come through and my yep. instinct was, um, oh, I should reply to it right now. Yep. I've written the reply. It's in my drafts, but I'm not sending it till half past nine tomorrow morning. Yes. I kind of want to, I don't want to sort of like you say, set the expectation that they can email me whenever they like and they'll get a reply. Um, yep. just because I, th- I feel it's important to have that boundary, like you say, Bound- yep. boundaries are, it's, it's going to be very important right now to set those boundaries. And I think if I set them wrong now, I'll be paying the price for a long time. Yep. And, and I think it can be easy for those boundaries to be, um, you know, Im- implicit rather than, than explicit, you know, and it is your behavior that, that kind of sets those boundaries sort of from the beginning. Um, so yeah, you, you, you're absolutely right. You you need to do this now um, because otherwise, yeah, you will be sort of paying for it down the line. Um, because if if you do, you know, nine o'clock, ten o'clock emails in the evening, now, um, what are they going to expect? Sort of at uh, at release time and sort of those busier times as well. All right, that just about wraps up today's episode. Um, Dave, before we go, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at davewood.uk um, or on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads with a Z at the end. Um, how about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, Twitter, I am underscore Dave Not, and you can find my remote control for Cody for iOS at armchair-remote.com and my latest app, Space Readers, to help kids learn to read, is at spacereaders.com.